today I want to talk to you about not going the wrong way. Okay? So let's not go the wrong way. As I was in, in school, like going to college, I realized that a lot of times I tend to go the wrong way. Not when I'm driving, thank God, but there's a lot of people in Tampa that like to go the wrong way. I don't know if you've noticed that. So I, I would love to carry this sign for them. Don't go the wrong way. But, you know, as I was growing up and, and as I was getting older, I realized that life just wants to pull you the wrong way. The world wants to pull you the wrong way. And a lot of times we allow it to. A lot of times we tend to, to listen to the world and we say, oh yeah, you're right. Let me go this way. And as I was going to college, I realized now that I was very confused. I was very confused as to which way I should go in my life, which way God wants me to go in my life. And so I want to talk to you about not going the wrong way. And I want to share a little bit of, of the story of when I went to school uh, in college. So I don't know if you know this, but Dr. and I went to school together. And for the first two years of college, we went to study music. And we soon realized that it's not what we wanted to study. We wanted to serve God, yes, through music, but more than that, we wanted to serve him with our whole life. And then, so once, once we dropped out from school from studying music, I was very confused. I didn't know what it was that God wanted me to do. So I had the, the smartest idea that God wanted me to become a math professor. And so I did one semester to become a math professor. And I see your faces. You're all going like... And, and trust me, I get it. I get it because it took me, what, a week to realize that if I was a math professor... All the problems I was going to be able to teach my students are only the ones that have a number one because I cannot do more than one. So then I was like, you know what? This is not for me. So then one semester and I was out from doing that. And then I remember one day we were uh, talking with Dato. We were eating lunch. And then he tells me, I want to go to this school to study ministry called Southeastern in Lakeland. And like a good friend, as soon as he said that, I was like, me too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then right there and then, uh, there was a registration fee uh, or application fee of $200, and I paid it with my credit card, and I applied. And this was a time in my life where I was finding my worth in the things that I owned. So I was buying the la latest phones, the latest computers, the latest cars, and I was just building debt, you know? And, man, at that time, I owed a lot in my credit card. And it got to the point where I owed like $15,000 in my credit card. Now, realize this. I was unemployed. Okay? I had no job. Yeah. So my source of income was my credit card, which doesn't make sense now, you know? And But I was being led by the world as to what was the thing that was going to give me my worth. And I was getting in debt just because the world said that you have to have a new car, you have to have a new phone, you have to have a new iPad, you have to have all these new things. So I was building my debt, like my credit card, and it got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night because I owed all that money. I, I didn't know how to pay all that money, and I didn't have a job, so I, did, I had like zero dollars coming in to my pocket. So how am I going to grow this? But what mattered to me is what people thought about me. 
where people saw me going. So then when, when we applied for SEU, obviously I used my credit card to pay that application fee. It was only $200, anyway. Then like three weeks later, into school, so we were in our third week of class, Tatu never told me that it was a private school. Tatu never told me that it was an expensive school. We were used to not paying for school at HCC because the, the government paid for school, so then I thought it was going to be the same way. So when I went to the financial office and finance office and I asked them the amount that it was going to cost me, it literally was an arm and a leg, kind of. But still, I didn't pay it with my arm. And then I was just like shocked. But this is the way that I thought I had to go about it, you know? And then when they told me how much it was going to be, I remember I sat down in my new car and I told God, God, is this what you want from me? Do you want me to get in debt just to study the Bible? Do you want me to get in debt to, to do ministry? I don't think that's what you want. I, I don't think so. And then I was like, because how am I going to make money? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my credit card? How am I going to keep getting new cars? I don't think this is what you want. So then, but then I told him, let's make a deal. If I decide to study ministry, if I decide to study for your glory, that means I'm letting go of what I want. That means I'm letting go of the luxuries of life because I'm going to get in a lot of debt just so I can study your word. And, and honestly, I, and you know, you guys know this, my passion is music, aviation. It wasn't the word of God. So this was hurting me to know that I was going to pay all this much money for studying the word of God. And then I told God, God, if I continue this, it's because I'm following you and I'm being obedient because I don't think this is what I should be doing. In fact, when I was in high school, they gave me a scholarship so that I could study trumpet in college. And that's what they told me, you're going to be famous. That's part of like, where the world was leading me to, but I knew that wasn't the right way. So then I told God, God, I will study this four years, but you take care of the bill. Let's do that. Let's do that. And then finally, the four years passed by. My credit card was like bad. And now I had this bill from school. And I remember the last day of class, I went to the finance office and I received this little piece of paper in a super nice envelope, you know, that had a really nice amount of money in it, negative, you know. But the envelope was so nice. And I remember I sat down in my car and I looked at the number and I was like, wow. And I told God, God, I told you I was going to do this. Now you take care of it, you know. You take care of it. Anyway, I, on the way home that day, I, I cried and I felt like I had gone the wrong way because now I owed all this money and now I had a degree to be a pastor and pastors are not rich. I had this degree that would allow me to, to be at a church working there and like, I don't know. I, I had all that debt in my credit card and in, in student loans and I felt like I was going the wrong way. And I was driving home 
And I, I was crying, honestly. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't have peace. And I was like, how am I going to pay all this money? So I won't tell you how. I can tell you if you buy me coffee one day this week. But God paid for my students, student loans in a week. And I didn't owe anything of it after one week. You know, and then I was like, if this is what is like to depend on God, this is the right way. I'm going to follow this way. And ever since I learned to depend on God, but also I learned not to make bad decisions. Okay. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to depend on him and I'm going to keep buying a car. I'm going to get, no, no, I'm making better decisions now. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, uh, I can only count to one. So I don't know what goes after one. So no, 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 we'll see. But anyway, so then. I felt, now I felt like I was going the right way. Why? Because I was being obedient to Jesus. I was being obedient to the Spirit. And, but honestly, that one semester at school for math professor, I learned about formulas. So I would like to work with some formulas today. These are horrible formulas. Anyway. <laughs> this is my finger writing. And, <laughs> and okay, so I had a loan, which was more than $60,000, including my credit card. And that was a high price. I recognize that. I admit that. And honestly, I didn't expect anyone to forgive this. I did not expect anyone to forgive this loan because it had a high price. Who's going to want to forgive that much money? No one. No one. Who's going to want to forgive something that high of a value? No one. So I didn't expect anyone to pay for this. Also, another formula might be if you ask someone to borrow $20, that's a low price. And then for some reason, we expect forgiveness from that. Like, I've, I've bought people food, and they tell me they're going to pay, and for some reason, they think they don't have to pay it anymore. Yes. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> But for some reason, with things that are a low amount, we expect forgiveness. Because you're like, oh, you know, it's not worth that much. And even if it's $20 and someone tells you, hey, you got to pay up, we get mad. Because we're like, really? You're going to charge me $20? Well, yeah, you owe it. So we expect forgiveness for little things. And a lot of times in our Christian life, we, we compare these two equations and we don't know where we stand with God. Because if you know this, we did have a big debt, and that was sin, and it had a high price. But for some reason, we just expect forgiveness. We just expect to be forgiven from this. Ah, uh, he died for me. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. He's paid the price, so we keep sinning. We keep increasing debt. And sin has a really high price. Do you know what the price for sin is? Death. So you got to pay for sin with probably the most valuable thing you have, which is life. Because as soon as you don't have life here, we can't live for Jesus. And hopefully you're with him. But if you're not, then life was the most valuable thing you had. But we just randomly expect forgiveness. But let me tell you this. He, he came to forgive. 
So this equation is not completely wrong, okay? But it does say in Romans chapter 6, for the wages of sin is death. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in debt with someone, but let's say you owe a lot of money and then they start calling you. Do you answer the phone? No, you don't. If you do, I'm proud of you. But we hide from whoever we owe money to. We tend to hide and not answer to his voice. And let me tell you that if you're allowing your sin and the high price of sin to lead you away from God, you're going the wrong way. You're not going the right way. If you're allowing this equation to lead you away from God, you're not going the right way. Because like I said, Jesus came to forgive sin. He came to pay the price for sin for all those who accept him. But I heard something really, I read something really special uh, in my leadership focus book, this course, and it said that the sacrifice of Jesus and his death and resurrection does not guarantee salvation, but rather it makes it possible and it opens the door. So we cannot just expect forgiveness for free like that, although it's a gift. It's a gift. So I would like to talk about a passage where Jesus talks about an equation like this. Let me see if I have it here. Well, this is all three equations, and this is a passage. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50, let me read this passage. It's not that long. When one of the Pharisees, let me see if I'm, yep. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and she stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. 
The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So in this passage, Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's home to have dinner. And when the woman who was a sinner heard this, she didn't go the opposite way. She went towards Jesus. This in itself teaches me a lot because she didn't allow her debt, she didn't allow her sin to push her away from the one who could pay the price of sin. And she came and she brought this alabaster jar. Now, the alabaster jar with the perfume is very meaningful because this is a gift given to the fam by the family to the to women so that they could give to their husband on their wedding day. This was uh, an inheritance from the family. So it was very, very, very valuable. And I love how she came, although she was surrounded by sin and the world, she came and brought the most valuable thing she had and surrendered it to Jesus. So let me ask you, what is the most valuable thing you have? What is the most valuable thing we have? I, and I can tell you in my life, my most valuable thing I have is my life. Because like Paul said, he was conflicted that whether he wanted to be here in the world or in heaven with Jesus, because here he still had the opportunity to live for him and to share the gospel. Well, if I was created to be a witness and to worship God and to be a witness in the whole world, then I need to be here in order to fulfill this. So my life is very important. And, and honestly, to all of us, our life is very important. That's why as soon as we get sick or something, we worry so much and we try to find the way out because we don't want to lose this. But how awesome is it that instead of walking away from God because of our sin, we come and surrender the most important thing we have, which is our life. And we start pouring an anointing of perfume that's pleasing to him with our life. This is the right way. This is the path for us to come to Jesus, although we are sinners and we can give him everything we have. And honestly, in this world where everything is trying to pull you away from Jesus, their reaction might be, huh, man, if only Jesus knew their, their sin. If only Jesus knew. Well, let me tell you, he knows. And he knew. And he still gave his life for us. He still paid the price. So now, we can expect forgiveness. We can live a life assured of salvation because he came to pay the price. But the thing is, like, he's also asking and desiring the most valuable thing that you have, which is your life. And we have the opportunity to come to his feet, to surrender what we have, to break our life apart so that we can pour it at his feet. And let him do as he pleases with it. And the world will tell you, you're going the wrong way. 
You shouldn't run to him. No, don't you see everything that's happening in the world? A good God would not do this. So the world is trying to pull you to what? I don't know. I don't know. The wrong way. So now I thank God and I, and I praise God and I glorify God and I worship God because his spirit led me the right way. I was lost and I was found. And now I've been pulled towards his love. But uh, let me tell you that that day that I got that bill, my life left me. I was like, how am I going to do this? This ruined my life. This ruined the most valuable thing that I have. Now my life is worthless because I owe so much money. And... But I would not trade it for anything in the world, honestly. And not only that, he even takes care of the material things. He paid the price and the debt of my school in an amazing way. I, I would still owe probably all of it right now. But he paid the price. But now, realizing that I'm a sinner, realizing that I have no way to pay for all of this, Man, my love for him grew, grew because he paid the price of something big, big. And, and, and all of this is to show love because not only did my love for him grew, but I was able to see very clearly his love for me because he paid that price. Who would pay the price? Who, who, would a bank pay your loan? I can tell you yes, because they did that for my mom and the house. But that's another testimony. That's another testimony. But normally, no, a bank would not do that. So allow him to pay the price for your sin. Live a life where you can expect forgiveness, but surrender your life to him. Surrender what you have to him. And if today... What you have to surrender to him is your life. You're not lacking anything. He's not asking for your money. He's not asking for, for I don't know what else is valuable. For your car? No, that's not even that valuable. I don't know. He's just asking for you, for your heart, for your life. So let's learn from this woman that she didn't run the opposite way. She ran to Jesus and came and surrendered everything that she had. And then if I go back to the equations, let me tell you that sin being a high-priced uh, item and expecting forgiveness does not make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense. But in the kingdom of God, that's what makes sense because he came to set you free from sin. He came to pay the price for him for it. And then when when in the book of John they asked Jesus, "Okay, so what is the will of God?" Okay, so so what is it? And Jesus said, "For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day." Why is this so beautiful? 
because he's not taking away the most valuable thing you have, but he's actually trying to give it to you for eternity. That's how valuable it is. And he's trying to give you the opportunity to be with him for eternity with the life that he can give. But we don't want to get there owing money. We don't want to get there owing the price of sin. That's why he came and he paid the price for us. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If you're listening from Tampa and would like to be part of the familia, you can plan your visit on our website at altertampa.org. If you're listening from elsewhere, we would still love to pray for you. Visit altertampa.org slash pray for me to send us your prayer request.